But see, that's the thing is, you know, I, I still, you know, I'm still not a good barometer for that because uh, I saw a tra- it was either a trailer or an advertisement for a TV show. I forget. But I saw something uh, just over dinner tonight while we were watching TV where Carl Weathers is in some new thing. And I thought he was dead. His career is. <laughs> His career is. Well, maybe that, maybe that's the thing. I can't yeah. tell the difference between the person and the career sometimes. Back to the bin. For the most part, with with the notable exception of a couple on the list, this is the meat I've been waiting for, buddy. So eight of these twelve are in my top ten. What do I got? How many are my? Where the hell is my list? Oh, I think I deleted that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to mock myself because that was pitiful. Well, you just beat us to it is all you did. Yeah, that's that's it. I had them off at the pass. Five of my top ten are in this list. I have one, two. I got a rock. Three, four, five, six. Six of them are in my, yeah. So, So we're heavy on this one. Of my ten are amongst the twelve that we're going to talk about. <clears throat> amongst. Amongst. We, we like to speak like proper English gentlemen. Then. <laughs> wow, what's wrong with amongst? Come on, let's get on schedule. <sighs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to the fifth and probably final episode of our Top 100 Movie Countdown. I say probably because we have twelve movies to cover and we are long-winded. But I'm Paul Spataro, and I am once again joined by my movie connoisseur buddies, Dr. Bill Robinson. Hello! And Scott, how the hell did I get roped into this gardener? I like to think of myself as long-shanked, actually, but that's a completely different conversation. <laughs> it's Wouldn't I be one I don't want to be involved in, please. <laughs> William Longshanks, there we go. How you boys How's doing? it going? Hey, doing great. How about you? I'm doing really good. Looking, I've been looking forward to talking to you boys again and going through these last 12 movies. We were just talking about it before we went on. Of the 12 movies, I am like Mr. Mainstream because eight of my top ten are in this grouping. You two so, see, are outliers with only, I, what'd you say, six each? I have I six. Got, I got five. And Bill's got five. See, so So you actually outnumber us. Uh, at this portion with, you know, as you say, Mr. being Mr. Mainstream. So what I want to know is why have you been bucking me so hard on this the, the entire time about my, my, my beefs with the list thus far? The story thus far. Well, I mean, my criticism or not, well, my lack of criticism, I don't know how you want to put it. It's not that I agree with everybody's placement of the movies. You know, there's some movies that are in here you know, I never even heard of. So I certainly can't, uh, you know, say that I would rank them very high because I don't even, you know, I don't really know much about them at all. I think but, I think it just shows that Back to the Bins has a wide variety of listeners with varying tastes. I do. I think I like is a good way to put it. That two true freaks varying—that's French for shit, right? 
I like to think Two True Freaks is a safe place to have varied opinions. <laughs> Sorry. So that if I disagree with you, it doesn't mean we're not going to argue about it, but it does mean we're not going to get nasty. No. See, this this is why you are actually the perfect person for this project, I, I would think, because if it were me, it would be like <laughs> there'd be the a buzzer involved and a trap door and, you know, all that sort of thing. You'd have so. the goofy sound ah. effect. Whoa, ho, 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 ho. <laughs> No, 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 we are know, we are down to the... lately. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to throw it out there. I'm going to talk. I'm going to talk in vague terms because I don't want to get into anything about it. But I've been seeing lately with all the political stuff that's coming up that people are posting opinions, and the opinions are being posted with the perspective of if you don't agree with me, you're an a-hole, or you're a moron, or whatever you want to, you know, whatever pejorative term you want to give. And right. and I find it really, really disrespectful and annoying. Mm-hmm. And that's with politics, so at least I can kind of slough that off as saying it's about something important in our lives. Our opinions on movies, while they're important to us, really have no impact on how we live our lives. Somebody else likes a movie that I don't, God bless them. I don't care. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like life is too short to get, to get bothered by that. So anybody who had a different opinion as to what constitutes a comic book movie or anybody who had a different opinion as to the quality of any of these movies, to me, that's the whole reason why we put this list together in the first place. So I don't, you know, it doesn't bother me and I don't want to belittle any of those opinions. You shut up. You're You're not entitled to an opinion on this. All the people who said, oh, Paul, get a new dog. She is the cutest thing, though. Anyway, I mean, what what do you think? You know, I like to me that was the the idea of it. Like I said, so I'm I'm still cool with it, and I don't really have any problems. And obviously, we're at the point where we're so mainstream that I don't think there's any movies that anybody's going to argue that people can't have that opinion. I know at least one that you're not going to agree with being on the list, but uh, you know, you knew it was popular. You know what you were doing. <laughs> no, I agree with you, for the most part. So, uh, you want to jump right into it, or has anybody got anything to say? Uh, would you want to do the uh, game show I came up with that kind of dovetails? I think we'll do the game into... show when, the, when... Well, actually, you know what? Let's do the game show. That's fine. <clears throat> you can do it first. Okay. So, I was driving home today, and I came up with a game show... At first, I was because there's been a recent comparison, especially about what what, what you're talking about, between something that uh, that our new president said and that a certain character in a movie said, and how these two speeches kind of overlap in a certain point. And then I was I started to think about other quotes, and I was going to have Trump and Bain quotes, and you had to guess which one came from which person. But then I expanded a little bit because I'm like, well, I'm not just going to have two people. So I've picked four people. I have three quotes from each, and I'm going to quiz the two of you. And we're going to go through and see if you can guess who said what. And our con- and our choices tonight are Donald Trump, Bane, Palpatine from Star Wars, Ch- Chancellor or the Emperor, and Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger. I say Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger because these are going to be kind of limited to p- politics. 
somewhat, or they're not going to be as easy as you think. I'm not going to do, you know, yes, give in to your hate, blah, 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 be my apprentice. <laughs> no, it's not going to be that simple. I, I, I went out of my way and I dug and found some quotes that are not going to be just, I think you're, it's not going to be as easy as you think it is. Not nope. that you really had a lot of worrying about I, I it. I haven't so. sat and given it that much thought. <clears throat> but uh, this is, any anybody who wants to really look back into our back library, this is similar to one of the first episodes you were on. We played the game of uh, video game or Florida news. <laughs> yes. You remember that one? Yeah. Which I am getting that magazine again now. I should see if there's any good quizzes in the back of that. So, uh, I will ask you, I will read the quote in a normal voice. I will ask you both who you think it is. I will keep track of the score, and at the end we will see who has the highest score. And then I will, once you have given your choices, I will try to read the, the quote in the voice of the person it is. Okay, and so, I guess we'll, uh, we'll go back and forth as to who goes first to register Sure, The thing I'm concerned with with this is that this... this isn't this an outgrowth of, of something else? Isn't there, like, I don't know, like The Tonight Show or something is doing this I don't sort know. of thing with... I don't watch TV. With, with Trump and Bane. See, you know... The, well, the well yeah, but yeah, I saw that on the internet, but I just took it a step further. But but that's, yeah. It, it might be. stealing from us. <clears throat> that's right. It's, We've been doing this way before then. All these quotes pretty much revolve around politics or certain, you know, they are not... yeah. Trust me, trust me on this one. I like I said, I put some thought into this. I didn't just shoot from the Indiana head. Jones that quote. Trust what? me. I put some. Oh, trust me. Yeah, thank you. Good <laughs> We're not playing yet. Damn! I thought I had a leg up. That's negative one for Paul. <clears throat> so, are you guys ready? No, but go ahead. Okay. The first quote is: "It's always good to be underestimated." Is that? Donald Trump, Bain, Governor Schwarzenegger, or Chancellor or Senator or Emperor Palpatine. It's always good to be underestimated. Who's going first? <laughs> Who's on first? Scott's typing right now. I'll go ahead and, uh, and give mine. And now... I, I don't know where the Bane quotes would be coming from, and I haven't seen, you know, the... Most of them I dug out from the movies, and maybe, okay. like, one, like, Batman episode. Like, I, I didn't just take them from movies and such. I, I did some sniffing and digging. Some come, come, come from the Clone Wars series. I'm gonna or... I'm going to guess Bane just having not, you know, seen any, anything of movie Bane. So I'm, I'm just going to guess Bane. And I'm going to go Governor Arnold. And you, and the answer is, it's always good to be underestimated. So we're both that in sounds zero, like zero. You're both in zero. That was Donald Trump. See? Okay. See? Got you guys on that one. Okay. Moving on to question number two. <clears throat> the oppressors of generations who have kept you down with myths of opportunity... And we give it back to you, the people. Would you like me to read that again? One more time. The oppressors of generations who have kept you down with myths of opportunity, and we give it back to you, the people. 
is I'm that. Gonna, I'm going with Palpatine. Scott? Hmm. I don't remember when he would have said it, but I'm going to say Palpatine as well. That, that was the first. I'm just going to go with my gut on these, and that was the first thing okay. that I thought of. And the answer is... The oppressors of generations have kept you down with missed opportunity, and we give it back to you, the people. At zero. <laughs> that was Bane. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Who is he talking to? He's talking. He's outside Blackgate Prison. This—that's part of the speech. What? I don't want to talk to more about it. So anyway, well. Let's just move All on. All I want to know is who he was talking to. He was talking to the people. And he was addressing the city when, when he was saying that. He was uh, releasing people from Blackgate Prison. If you had seen the movie, maybe you'd know what I'm talking about. I know the scene you're talking about. I just didn't remember the quote. It, it's a pretty long. He's there for a while. And it's and I, I had to kind of chop it up because I didn't want to say certain things in it that might give it away. So I had to kind of. So it's not like, really a know. quote then now, is it? Well, yes, it is. It's, it's in the middle of a sentence. Of words. It's in the middle of a sentence. All right, next Next one. You guys ready for the next one? You guys are you guys are O and O. <coughs> Nobody's winning yet. The Bears so, are winning. The Bears are winning. Okay, here's the next quote. Terrorists are winning. <laughs> <laughs> the dog's winning. Next quote. I have always said that wherever there is smoke, there is fire. So what I want to say to you is yes, that I have behaved badly sometimes. That's gotta be Arnie. Yeah, that was I have always said well. that wherever there is smoke, there is fire. So what I want to say to you is, yes, that I have behaved badly. And you are both going with Arnold? Yes. Scott? Yeah. I have always said that wherever there is smoke, there is fire. So ding, 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 ding. You have got the points. You're on the board. So we're 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one. You guys both got that. All right. Next quote. A democracy is only as strong as the people who comprise it. Palpatine. Scott? Hmm. A democracy is only as strong I'm as gonna the people say the who president comprise it. on that one. And you would be wrong and Paul would be right. It is Palpatine. Woohoo! Two to one. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, next. Uh, it's. I think it's. It's like a. I dug it out of the Clone Wars for Palpatine. It was one of the Clone Wars ones. Okay. So, um. All right. Next one. Admiral, but mistaken. Admirable, but mistaken, is the quote. Well, I'm gonna say Bane. Paul. I'm going to say the president. Scott is right. You were wrong. So now it's 2 2. Admiral, but mistaken. So, yes, you guys are are tied again. So, next one. But we're transferring power from blank and giving it back to you, the people. I believe that's the president. For transferring so power similar to the one you already gave for Bane, <laughs> right? Uh, so I'm, I'm it, like, it sounds like it's a Bane quote, but you already gave one that was so similar to that. I'm having a, a tough time thinking that it is. What is I'm the gonna, blank? 
that's well, that's, that's, the, it, that's the line that would give it away. <clears throat> Whatever it is. I'm going to say the president also. You are both correct. And that is the quote that overlaps in that was the people were making such a stink about about. Oh, my God, he's quoting Bane. He's a villain. Oh, whatever. So you're all tied at three, three apiece. Next one. There is no civility, only politics. There is no civility, only politics. We'd be playing a match game theme now. Oh, save Palpatine, yeah. That's what you are both right. Ding, ding, ding. Palpatine it is. That was Senator Palpatine. So it's 4-4. 4-4. Next quote. How many are there? Well, I did did three per person, so. Okay. Uh, Well, now if I go back and I keep track. Shut up. Shut up. (laughs) We're over halfway, so. Okay. This quote is. The bottom line is I misspoke and I'm sorry if that, you know, offended anyone, but it was a language problem because I meant securing our borders rather than closing our borders because, of course, we don't want to close the borders because I think that we have a terrific relationship with Mexico. We have a terrific relationship with Mexico. I'm going to go with the president. Scott? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'll you see. are both wrong. That was Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, you know, that was oh, see, that's what I get for going <laughs> against my gut. I thought of that, and then I thought, well, when when did Arnold get involved? When he was the, the governor. When he was the governor, because he made yeah. some bets. Yeah. See, and I. All right. Cool. Okay. Next quote. I feel good because I believe I have made progress in rebuilding the people's trust in our government. Palpatine. Arnold, I feel good because I believe I've made progress in rebuilding the people's trust in our government, in the government. Right, you guys are still tied at 4-4. We have three left. I don't live in California. I didn't see much of when, when I've seen his movies. I didn't see Governor. That's why I didn't see movie ones. It would be too easy. All right. Okay. All right. Get to the chopper. Which who, Get to who the said chopper. That? <laughs> okay. Next one. I know this decision was most unexpected. I myself don't support it, but democracy must stand. Palpatine. Yeah. You're both correct. Five five. Oh man, we got two left. Oh. I didn't have I didn't throw in a tiebreaker. Shit. <laughs> That's right. We can end in a tie. It's fine. Yeah. Okay. Next one. Let us not stand on ceremony. Bane. I think that's Palpatine as well. Ooh, and Paul pulls ahead. Well, it's not... Ah. Okay, last one. You can catch up and tie. Sometimes by losing a battle, you find a new way to win the war. Sometimes by losing a battle, you find a new way to win the war. Palpatine. President Trump. You are correct, Paul. Seven to five was this final <laughs> score. Okay. So, there we go. That's Dr. Bill's game show for this show. Tune in next week. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but Joel will think of another in-in game. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. 
No, that was fun. That was, that yeah, was it'll, fun. Ne- it'll never replace uh, Match Game 75, but yeah, it was all right. Yeah. I might have to add some sound effects to that. Speaking of which, I'm sorry, there's just not enough tangents on this show. <laughs> have you guys been watching the new Match Game? I did see it one night, yeah. No, I'm kind of down no. on Alec Bold. I know, I, I, I know, but, I, but yeah. trust me, they they have done it right. I was doubtful myself because except for uh, the shadow and, and a couple of things prior to the shadow, like uh, talk Hunt radio and, and, and beetle uh, and what did you say? October. Hunt for Red October, you know, Beetlejuice, you know, basically anything before the shadow with Alec Baldwin. You know, I'm, I'm OK with most of that stuff. After that, he, he kind of went off the reservation for a while. But, you know, if you can get past Alec Baldwin, dude, I'm telling you, they really, I don't know how they did it, but they, they, you know, it's lightning in a bottle again, because it's, it's, what helps, it is, it's raunchy, it's edgy, it, you know, pushes the envelope, um, what helps a lot for me is the damn set looks like it's the same set. Oh, you know, yeah, they really, yeah. They he even has the Gene Rayburn microphone. Yeah, he's got the Gene Rayburn mic. They got, <clears throat> pardon me, they got the uh, the shag carpet. They did, use did they the bring same back Richard music. Dawson and Brett Summers and Charles no. Wilson Riley. <laughs> but I mean, aren't they all dead? You know, yeah. So, well, I mean, that's, they, that's what would make it an event. They didn't do that, but I, I tell you, the the you know the quote-unquote celebrities they've gotten have been a lot of fun because a lot of them are of the same caliber as those you know the original guest stars they used to get you know where it's a nice mix between you know celebrity in air quotes and who the hell is that person like that guy's still working oh yeah exactly so i think it's been a lot of fun what they need though is that they have not quite yet found their brett um, Charles and Richard Dawson for this incarnation that needs to happen and, and it needs to happen pretty soon. Well, but David for- Alan Greer is one of them uh, that's that's on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember him from um, In Living Color and other movies and such. Um, trying I, to think I haven't of- seen too many episodes where they have the same. You know, like one person that stayed the same for more than just a couple of episodes. Oh, so yeah, because so yeah, I've only seen like two episodes so far. But uh, they, I'm telling you, get, you uh, Paul Lind on there. You you should give it a try. I I think I mean if you really if you really love the original one as much as I do, I, I think you you would find much to love with this because it really in so many ways it really is a love letter to that. You know, it's very you know it's it's obvious that they loved the original and that they're trying really hard to capture the feel. All right, of the I got, original without just being slavish to it at the same time because it it has a you know it does have the modern sensibility and all it it's been a lot of fun I've really been digging it. All right, I got a list of the episodes and who's been on them. Uh, Titus Burgess, don't know who that is. Rosie O'Donnell, glad I missed it. Michael Ooh, E. I Black. did not know she'd been on there. She's been on there at least I see two, three times. Wow, yeah, somehow I missed that. Well, I'm glad because I hate that bitch. <laughs> Don't hold back. No, Deborah Messing, <laughs> JB Smooth. See, you can read all these names. Yeah, I know. Like, some like of, who? Okay, Anna Gasteiner. I think Gast. I think she was on SNL. Adam Goldberg, Horatio Sands. He was on I, SNL. The only one I I really knew, um, 
and I'd have to hear the name again to remember it. But the only one I knew by name was that annoying that voices. Oh God, what's his name? The friggin' snowman from Frozen. I hate that guy. I hate his voice. Oh. I just want to punch him. But him I knew. But the rest of them, I, I, I didn't know any of these people. Um, they got the guy who was the Ed McMahon of um, Conan O'Brien. And he was actually pretty damn funny. I liked Andy him. Ripta? Yeah. yeah he, he was is, pretty he's a funny guy. Yeah. And then they've had a couple mm-hmm. others. Um, well, they had... Um, who's the, the black... Oh, Wayne, oh, Wayne, Wayne, Wayne Brady was on there. Yeah, Wayne Brady's. He was, Ice he was really funny. Ice T was funny. Um, who's the DeGrasse? Neil DeGrasse? Tyson? He was on. He was pretty funny. So, yeah, I mean, they've had some, some you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, in fact, Andy Richter was on the same show with him. Yeah. yeah. I haven't caught every episode. We tried, but, you know, we, we recently uh, cut the cord on uh, cable and, uh, and uh, satellite and all that and, and went the alternate route. So we, we lost a bunch of stuff that was on the, the DVR when we made the switch over. But I've caught as many episodes as oh, I've Oh, you might able. be able to get it on Hulu. Yeah. You just pick, a, you know, pick that up. Yeah. But I've uh, been digging it. We should probably go ahead and jump into this, but I just wanted to, you know, while while I was thinking, I wanted to mention that that uh, I, I oh, think you know, they, it was worth watching. They said, they, were, hmm? they said they were going to have Michael J. Fox on there, but he couldn't put that. Never mind. I'll let that joke go. Ooh. But I mean, I know that there have been other attempts to resurrect the match game. Some of them were eh, and then some of them were downright just painful. But this one here, I, I feel like they've they've really done a great. I mean. They've done as as good as they can with it, with the with you know lacking the ability to resurrect the original cast. They've they've done as good as they could do, I think. That's my opinion. I'm sticking with it. Yeah, we can <laughs> go with that. So movies. Yeah. Oh, that's what the show is, isn't it? It's- it's like, okay, we think it's going to be a long show because we have a lot to say about these movies. Let's wait 45 minutes before we talk about them. <laughs> hey, Whoops. you're the one that told him to go ahead with this game show thing. Hey! That's true. It's you're the one that tangent into the match game. I tried to talk you out of it, but... Yeah. So, number 12 on the list. <laughs> yes, I know. We should get moving, right? Number 12 on the list is Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Now, a lot Saw of in people- the theater. A lot of people maintain that this is the best Batman movie ever. It's the one that's caught the spirit of the of the character better than any other one. Um, I don't know if I agree, but I certainly wouldn't say that the person whoever says that is wrong. But you because because whoever says that is right is really that that's the point of that. I think you're the one who says that. <laughs> exactly, because it, it is it is the truth. I'm a, I'm surprised at you, Paul. You don't think this is the best Batman movie? Uh, I'm not sure. Maybe. All right, name it's a better. It's been one. a while since I've seen it. I mean, I saw it, the last time I saw it was in the theater when it was released. Well, the only Batman movie that made it into my top ten was Batman Begins, and I know you hate that, and we 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 uh. You know, we debated that one last time around, so I, I don't see any need to debate it further. But that was my highest ranked. Um, but I understand where this one, you know, the, the argument that this one catches the spirit better. I can't necessarily say that's wrong. Uh, I, I have to think about it. But it's certainly a, a really enjoyable movie, no question about it. 
Well, no, that's the one with um. He's with Catwoman, right? Or no, 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 no. She's that's right. Well, spoilers. She's actually the 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 woman in the story is actually the Phantasm going after. And they're right. You just spoiled it for everybody who hasn't ever seen it. Why would you do that? He did All say right, spoilers. Well, I <laughs> he said, said spoilers, spoilers almost two seconds spoilers. before he I was just gonna, yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Two seconds before. You didn't even give him a chance to go, oh, wait, that, you're fumbling right, well, for the... Bleep, well, then bleep me out. They're As they fumbling for the pause buttons. <laughs> I'm not bleeping you out. I'd rather have everyone hate you. Well, wow. if they don't hate me by now, what the hell do I got to do? Wow. Okay. Well, cat's out of the bag. Go ahead and discuss now. All right. For one thing, Catwoman doesn't have anything to do with this movie, so I don't know what you were talking about there. Well, that's why yes. I couldn't remember. And then, then I remembered halfway through that she's not Catwoman. She's actually the Phantasm. Spoiler! <laughs> that's the true spoiler. He's saying things that didn't even happen in the movie. <laughs> I watched and my then, own movie. And then when Screw he fights the smog monster. <laughs> and Clayface showed up, and oh, it was a party. Uh, I, I mean, this this is a genuinely enjoyable movie. It's an animated feature. It's, it's what I think of when I think of all ages. I think there's this tendency now to, to use the term all ages for children's books and children's stories. But all ages to me... Should mean that all ages can enjoy it, including older people. You know, it's not just for children. Like with comics, when they say all ages, usually it means a very, very, you know, low level reading with, you know, very simplistic stories. And I don't think this fits that. I think, but I think, you, you know, you can put this on for a seven year old kid or a 50 year old man and they're going to both get enjoyment out of it. This is truly what I think of as old ages. I uh, I dismissed Batman the Animated Series when it first came out on television. I, I think I only caught, to my recollection, I could be wrong, I, might, I may have seen more episodes and just don't remember, but to my recollection, I only ever watched one episode. And I think it had to be a Penguin episode. I don't know which one specifically, but I remember seeing the Penguin, which I learned many, many, many years later was mandated by Warner Brothers to look the way that he looked in the first incarnation of Batman, the animated series. And the, and they mandated him to look uh, like the version from the Tim Burton films. That just happened to be the episode that I caught. So because the way the Penguin looked, I assumed that the show was an animated continuation of the tim burton verse batman you know that started with batman 89 i'm not a fan of that particular franchise so i didn't get into the show and just kind of wrote it off but this film came out in well it was actually released on christmas day in 93 i had just moved to georgia and uh, we, you know, we were looking for something to do. Um, I don't think we went right on Christmas Day, but it wasn't long afterwards. But um, I was living with my uh, aunt and uncle when I first moved down there, and kind of getting reacquainted with uh, with my cousins and everything, who I hadn't really seen in, in a long time. And we were just looking for something to do one afternoon. So somebody proposed going to the movies. So we drove to the local theater and we're looking at the list of movies. And the only thing that everybody could really agree on was, hey, there's a Batman movie out. Let's check it out. So we went and we watched it. 
And I went in with like zero expectations, just thinking, oh, this will be a nice little time-wasting cartoon, and walked out just monumentally impressed because this was my Batman. That that you know, this movie gave me everything that I had wanted out of, you know, big screen Batman. So I'm really, really thankful I got to see it in that presentation. I mean, I think if I'd have seen it, you know, later on VHS or DVD or whatever, I probably still would have loved it. I still probably would have been impressed. But it, you know, seeing it theatrically the way it was intended was just that that it added that extra level to it. Um, I'm probably going to sound very prudish but i don't think of this as all ages because i can remember that being one of the things that really impressed me with this was that i i i remember wondering to myself did they ramp up the the violence and everything with this because it was theatrical or was this what the tv show was like because if the tv show was like this wow you know that, that i wrote it off as a kid's show and this is pretty intense stuff now by today's standards, probably not so much. But at the time I saw it, I just that's not what I expected. I expected it to be a little cartoonier, a little campier. I didn't expect it to be hard-hitting, crime-fighting Batman. And that's what you get in this movie. And I was really impressed with that. Um, I was impressed with the story. I think the story is solid because it's Batman's origin story but it's not the story you think you know. And that was the element that was kind of the hook for me. The thing that I really liked was I've always thought Batman has one of the greatest origin stories in comics, but it's one that, you know, has been told and told and told again, and we're all pretty familiar with it. So how can you add a new spin to that and still be faithful to it and, and not kind of screw it up. And so what they did, which I thought was really clever was they didn't really do the classic origin as far as showing the murder of his parents and, you know, him developing himself and all that, that had already kind of happened. He just hadn't put the costume on yet. So he's at a point in his life and, and so much of this movie is told in flashback, but the flashback is telling you that, you know, he was at a very crucial time in his life when he was really realizing that he had two paths in front of him. And that's right at the point when he meets Andrea and falls in love with her. And she introduces this whole different possible future to him that it doesn't, you know, he doesn't have to go down the path that he thinks is laid out in front of him to be the Batman. He could have a normal life with her. And then through just events that happen in the movie, it it really plays like a classic, like a like a Greek tragedy, and that I'm a sucker for stories like that. I love a good romance story. I like a good Greek tragedy story. You throw those two together, the whole doomed fate, you know, doomed lovers thing, and I just I'm I'm there for that. And so that really sucked me in with this. I love Dana Delaney, and she is just great as Andrea Boma in this. Um, I mean, it just has so many elements I like. You've got. Uh, you know, the World's Fair plays a, a, you know, of course they don't call it that in this, but that plays a very important uh, role in the in the story as well. And, and is a hell of a great backdrop for several scenes in the movie, including the big climactic fight at the end of the movie. Um, and this was my first exposure to Mark Hamill as the Joker. 
who I kept hearing was really, really good and everything. I just, I didn't, wasn't really interested, but then to get him here and this is right up there as one of his top performances as the Joker in the animated series universe. I mean, this is one of the very best. I think the only one that really tops this one for me personally is um, Return of the Joker. That flashback scene that we talked about before, it, it tops this, I think. But uh, just, I mean, such a solid story. And this is one of those movies. I've seen this movie probably a couple of hundred times, and I just can't find flaws in it. it it's it's a really solid story. You know, most comic book stories or st- comic book movies, you watch them enough and you start to find plot holes, sometimes big enough to drive a truck through that, you know, you kind of start having to overlook them because if you think about them too hard, the movie falls apart. This is not that kind of a movie because it's tight. I mean, they really put a lot of, of thought and, and effort into creating a very solid uh, base for, uh, you know, this jumping off point for the for the Batman mythos. And uh, and I think it's great. Now, I realized the show had been running for some time before the movie came out, but because I saw this and hadn't seen this series, then it led me to the series. And uh, so I've also got a soft spot, you know, for the movie because of that. So I, I, I love this. I think this is great. And uh, there was a rumor not long ago that they're thinking about uh, doing a, a live action version. God, I hope not, because they cannot mm. seem to do live action Batman worth a shit. And I, I just don't, I don't think you can make this better. I really don't. I think it's a perfect movie just the way it is. This was uh, this was number nine on my list. Doctor Bill, any comments? No, I think I ruined it enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well then, we'll I will on. say that um, Data Delaney, uh, you watched the Superman animated series, mm-hmm. of course. So you know she was she was Lois Lane. She was and, Lois, and then much later, uh, they had a, a great uh, storyline that I always kind of wondered if they did it almost like as a little in-joke type of thing. But eventually, Lois learned Batman's secret identity, and they had a little fling, too. Mm-hmm. So, again, you had the same voice actors playing uh, – well, one of them was playing the same character, but uh, you know Dana Delaney now playing a different character. But, again, as the love interest for um, – God, I've just drawn a blank. And Kevin Conroy's Batman. So I thought right. that was fun. That it was kind of a reunion, but not quite a reunion because it wasn't the same characters and you know all that sort of thing. But mm-hmm. I love Andrea Beaumont. She is uh, because of this movie. She's become um, one of my favorite uh, uh, comic book women, or you know, co- comics characters. Who, who's a female? <laughs> if that makes any sense, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. But she, I thought she was great in this. Number. 11 on our list. Bill, you want to spoil X-Men First Class for everyone? It's got X-Men in it. It's the first class. I absolutely and love this And it's got movie. some of the best music. Yeah, it's... This movie... I, you know, it's just one of my favorite movies. End of, end of discussion. It's got bacon! Oh, sorry. It's... It's, it's combining, you know, 1960s period piece with a James Bond feel at times... And then, just the whole, the score is is tremendous. Uh, the cinematography is great. The story is really cool. Everything about it. I, I have a tough time finding flaws with this movie, honestly. Uh, just everything about it. I, I love from beginning to end. 
Uh, I had thought X2 was my X-Men movie and that they weren't going to top it. This one blew it away as far as I was concerned. Mm-hmm. I, I, as soon as I saw this, I just thought it was just, you know, it, it, it rocketed to, towards the top of my comic book movie list. Where is this on your list? I'm curious. Uh, I don't remember. I'll take a look while you, while you give your thoughts on it. Is this on your list, uh, Bill? Um, no, unfortunately, it didn't pop back into my mind. But, but um, you know, like like we said before, you do these lists at different times, it might change right. depending on what, what you were thinking of the criteria and such. But, but no, this was... Um, I didn't see this in the theater when it came out. And I, I think I... I think I really only saw it later after listening to you and, and Chris do your podcast coverage of it. And then I went back and watched it. I think I caught it on cable. And, uh, yeah, it's really good. It, it, you know, with the beginning of the whole X-Men story and, and with the recreation of um, some of the scenes, like the Magneto scenes from when he was a child. Right. And, 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 and how they went on to explain his origin. And, and, and um Bacon, Mr. Kevin Bacon, who was just a, a... It's nice to see him playing a real a-hole. Yeah, it's I thought a, little he was... out of, a little out of type. I mean, he's done it in a couple mm-hmm. of movies, but certainly he, you know, he's made a career of playing the nice guy. Uh, right. this, this actually came in number two on my list. Number oh. two, okay. So, yeah, this is number four on mine. I, I just think right. this is just an all-around great movie. It's, you know... Yeah. I, I'm at a loss for words. I just I, there's so much that I thought was great. The sequences when when they're learning their powers, when they're using their powers, when they're interacting with each other. I think the ex- acting was excellent. I think the direction was really solid. Again, the score was just you know pulled me right in. Well, one thing that was neat about that movie too, because I remember uh, the character of Darwin was brought in from one of the. Um, miniseries that they did where they introduced another Summers brother yeah, and it was uh, like I think Second Genesis was Je- the, uh, yeah Genesis. yeah and he was one of the he was like the other team of X-Men they had sent to go to uh, Krakoa Kra- yeah I almost said Krakatoa but that's yeah that would be incorrect <laughs> and and the, se- the sequence in this one that just is like you know, you stop everything and you stop breathing until the scene is over. Is when, uh, what's called when Magneto goes to uh, when he pulls the sub out of the water. Is, oh, you mean when he's in the bar? Yes. Yeah. Mm. And he and he's talking to the two guys who were uh, pig farmers. Yeah, and then he like breaks it out. Schweinemeyer or something in, like that. He says into yeah. German, and they're like, oh. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, Schweinebauer or something like yeah, that. Something pig farmers like that. and yeah. What is it? Pig I love farmers that. and I don't remember what the other thing he says. Yeah. Taylor, tailors and pig farmers or something, something like, like that. that. And, yeah. and just that whole scene. That's that's when uh, when everybody thought, hey, he could play James Bond. You know, based mm. on that scene. I Which, thought I, to, to me there were there were two scenes. There, that's definitely one, and and the one where. Charles helps him uh, deal with his grief and turn the dish. Yeah, that that is like find the find the point between rage and serenity or something like that. Rage and serenity, serenity and and rage. Yeah, that scene is so strong, based really on the acting. Yeah, the 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 facial expressions and and just the the interaction, the chemistry between those two actors was just tremendous in that, and that's what made me. 
you know, just seeing the way this movie went is what made me sour somewhat on the two Brian Singer movies since. Not because the Brian Singer ones are bad, uh, what was it, Age of Apocalypse and Days of Future Past. Not because they're bad, but, but because I saw how good this one was. And I really don't think either one of them lives up to the level of this one. And, and I, I thought I think, uh, Days of Future Past was better than Age of Apocalypse. But, I gotta think if, if Brian Singer hadn't come back, that there was a better chance of those movies being superior to what they are. I'm not. I'm not crazy about the Brian Singer touch. Did you see the news that there's a new um, X-Men um, pilot that's going to be on w- that Singer is uh, involved in on Fox? Yeah, or I saw new... something about that. It had me very curious if it's I, going to be connected to the movie I don't know. stuff I didn't, at all. I didn't read for. I just kind of you know it was one of those quick things I saw that I hadn't had a chance to read yet. So I guess neither of you have read it either. So we shall see. Yeah, I, I saw the header, but I, I did not click on the article because I, I thought it was one of those, uh, you know, one of those things that I, I'm adopting a kind of a wait and see, you know, wait if it even happens and, and you know, wait and see if it even happens type of thing at this point. Because uh, there's a lot of those rumors get bandied about and then nothing ever comes of it or what. And I didn't, you know, <laughs> so I didn't feel the need to actually click on it. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, the first class. I just I, I can't praise that movie enough. Um, it almost slipped by me when it came out because um, it was one of those things where I I really liked the first three X Men movies and everything. But when this one was uh, was in production and all, and I heard that you know they were going you know back and it was going to be something of a excuse me of a prequel and all that. And I think also kind of based somewhat on um, my you know my personal feelings on. Uh, um, X-Men Origins Wolverine I, I was kind of like eh, I don't know if I need to see that and I, I figured I, I figured I'd probably end up seeing it eventually but it'd be you know it'd be a DVD rental or something like that and if memory serves I think it was uh, Mike Bailey messaged me after he went to see it and he's like dude he's like you really got to go see this you, you've got to see it in the theater you know and he goes I, I think I know you enough to know that you know you're really going to dig this and uh, and I went and I saw it. And I'm really really thankful that I did because uh, yeah, this this immediately as Paul said it immediately jumped, uh, you know to the, you know right near the top of my list. I think it's a hell of a great movie. Um, you know even you know superhero stuff aside or comic book stuff aside, I think it's just a great movie regardless of you know the superhero element and everything. But uh, I enjoy. I mean it, it it just has so much working for it. I, I like. The era it set him, I'm a sucker for, you know, that that 60s feel, you know, the the whole, you know, Cuban Missile Crisis, um, you know, that whole storyline and everything. So it sucked me into that. But, I mean, the character, I thought they were a really nice, really well-rounded choice of characters this time, which is something that they've been struggling with, with just about every other one of the X-Men movies is the choice of X-Men that they actually use a lot of times is very questionable to me. There's like a couple that I like, and then there's a bunch of them that I'm like, really, those guys? But this time around, I mean, there was really only like, to my memory, I think there was only one character that was really like, oh God, you know, but everybody else I really liked. Um, And then beyond the characters, I thought that the actors that they got for the roles were fantastic. 
you know the the guy that plays young Charles. I think he's a fantastic actor, and his chemistry together with um, with Magneto is the thing that I think is sustaining the franchise at this point. I think there's a, a very valid reason why they've continued to focus on those two with the films that have carried forward because I think at this point they are carrying the franchise. It's mm. their chemistry. I think those guys are two fantastic a- actors that are doing really well. Um, I think Jennifer Lawrence uh, was really good as uh, as Rogue or excuse me as um, Mystique rather and uh, and this was the movie that introduced me to Henry Jackman as a composer. I think X-Men First Class has one of the, the best scores we've seen for uh, for comic book movies in a hell of a long time. And it's a damn shame that they didn't let him continue uh, with the other films that we got. You know, the subsequent films, they brought uh, Ottman back, which is just unfortunate because the latter two scores weren't, you know, just weren't very good. Um, well, that's that's another thing. Like I'm saying, where Brian Singer has to, you know, put his Brian Singerness on it, right? Mm. Um, like I said, I really don't, I don't necessarily appreciate that, and I think it would have been better if he had just stayed away. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, some of the other, I liked that a lot of the uh, the other actors that they had for for other parts, um, particularly uh, the. The head guy, the guy that essentially that Moira McTaggart is working for. Oliver Platt? Uh, is that who that is? Yeah, the, the, guy the head CIA guy. Who says he's got the room for them in his facility? Not mm-hmm. that. I like him. Yes, he's great. Which, by the way, when, the first time you see him in the movie, I actually thought he was going to be um, Hank McCoy. Mm. Um, and he turned out not to be. It, but um, the guy at the agency... And I, I don't know the character's name or the oh, name. Oh, is he an older guy? Is he the guy that played the like the Secretary of Defense in Independence Day? Is that the could, actor? Could be. Well, the um, older guy is actually the father of Stryker. Not that guy. Okay, now I know who you're talking about. No, the guy at the head of the table that... Um, he, he, all I can say is he's in charge of whatever, you know, the secret thing that Moira works for, whatever mm-hmm. it's CIA or whatever it is that she's part of. That guy. <coughs> Excuse me. He's been in a lot of period stuff like that. He was in a, a fantastic episode of um, From the Earth to the Moon uh, called Spider. And I, I don't know the actor's name, but I, I've always liked that guy, and he was great in this movie too. So I mean, they they peppered it with you know people that that I've seen in other period stuff, uh, particularly like '60s set stuff, which I really liked. Um, but yeah, just uh, just a fantastic movie. I, I really like the the period feel of this. I, I thought they did a great job of of you know making it feel like the era that it was supposed to be. And I think they did it better with this one that they did, you know, than they did with the subsequent ones. I, I thought Days of Future Past did it pretty well, but it wasn't completely authentic. And then I, I thought they completely dropped the ball with Apocalypse. Having lived through the 80s, it didn't feel like an 80s flick to me, unfortunately. And I just thought, you know, going from, and we're talking Cuban Missile Crisis, so we're talking the early 60s. Right. To then go from there to the early 70s, because we're talking the Nixon administration in, in uh, Days of Future Past. And then we're right. going to the early 80s in uh, Age of Apocalypse because we already have uh, Return of the Jedi out. Right. 
and to have the same characters well the same actors playing the characters and we have I don't know whatever six years that have passed in real life and you're saying 20 years have passed it didn't it, 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 straight, it stretched credibility a little bit it didn't seem right that the, the time periods would you know you'd have that many years go by and they would age so little I don't know if that bothered either of you, but it did bother me. So. It it did yeah. it really didn't with me only because I was like, well, you know, it, it, look at the medium it's it's adopting. You know what I mean? Or adapting rather. You know that because in comics they are aged less. You know, so there I thought there was an attempt to make them feel like they had aged, whether that aging was completely time accurate i mean did they look 20 years older than from first class no but would you would you want them to you know at the same rate no, you know wouldn't. do you want to uh, i, I wanted see... i wanted part two and part three to be set in the 60s yeah i would just assume that they just kept kept going from where they left off yeah i agree with you there now now that i see where you're going yes i completely agree with you i'd rather they had just kept going from uh what would that be 63 Three, sixty-two, something like that. Crisis, I believe, is sixty-two. Sixty-two, yeah. You're not talking about Ray Wise. The he played the Secretary of State in the movie. I'm, that could, that I could be him. I don't. I've think been looking. Ray Wise. I don't think that. No, no. He 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 was in the movie. On yeah, but I'm I don't try, think I'm, that's who Scott's talking about. I'm going through the IMDb's of different characters, looking for from when was from Earth to the Moon. When was the year that you think that was out? Oh no, it's not Ray Wise. Ray Wise was in. Was he in first, first class? class? Yeah, was he? he was. Yeah, he was the. Uh, he was the Secretary of State. I guess like in the uh, like in the war. Oh, room, in the, the war room scenes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna have to look the guy up. As we so, go along, just, I'll, just I'll to, look go, him to up. go with the thought that we were on, though, I feel like we went from the 1960s where we were doing a you know a period piece. To the 1970s and 80s, where we were doing a gimmick, it didn't mm. feel like a period right. piece to me at that point, and I right. think that's what took it, took me out of it a little bit. And and you know, not to sell those other two movies totally short, because there were some sequences in those movies. I mean, the uh, Quicksilver sequence in Days of Future Past obviously stands out. You know, there were some moments in there that were well worthwhile. And, and neither one of those was a bad movie as far as I'm concerned, but the difference to me is those were both okay and enjoyable, whereas this was, in my opinion, great. And that's, that's where, you know, I, I would have liked to have seen what Matthew Vaughn would have done with this. With the others, rather. If, they, right. if he had been allowed to keep the franchise. <laughs> Give him the control over the franchise that they've, that they've given over the years to Brian Singer, and I would have liked to have seen what we would have ended up with. I don't think it would have been inferior to what we have. I think it would have been superior. Mm-hmm. But that's just me. I'm just, you know, I, I, I think Brian Singer's a little overrated, in my opinion. and I, and I don't like the way he handled himself with taking this back after he left it to go do the Superman movie, which sucked. <laughs> well, because I think I brought it before. I don't even see the point of why they even did uh, Age of Apocalypse after the days of future past because it kind of it left no suspense for what was going to happen in the next movie because you've already seen the future and you saw what was going to happen you know because they flashed back ahead to them all back at the school and gene there and 
etc etc so right so etc 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 Bill the name of the guy I was trying to think of is Matt Craven that's his name yeah I was just I, I was just looking at his but I didn't see I didn't see him in for uh, for from Earth to the Moon yeah, I'm just making fun yeah. of what you said yeah <laughs> Ah, see? <laughs> ah. You turned into a frog on me. Actor. Crimson Tide, 1995. Oh, yeah, okay, I know who you're talking about now. Now that I can see him. Yeah. He was in A Few Good Men, I didn't... Yep. Yeah, he's been in a number of movies. He's just not, I mean, he's not one of those people that, you know, you say the name, a lot of people be like, who? But I, I like this guy. Because, uh... Like I said, that episode uh, Spider was fantastic, and he was he was pretty much the head uh, character in that particular episode. And, uh, well, all I could say on this is, you know, very high points. Uh, I think this, uh, like I said, I think this was a great movie. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But absolutely. Bravo! Can, bravo! We can move on to our, the next on our list, which is number at number ten. 90 points, 17 votes, The Dark Knight. Now, I know, Scott, you're not a fan of this. Uh, when this came out, I know I spoke to a lot of non-comic book fans who enjoyed it. And what I my, my opinion then, which really hasn't changed, because I did enjoy this movie, I thought it was good. But what I told them back then is I thought that this was a good movie Whereas I thought Batman Begins was a good comic book movie. I didn't think this was a good comic book movie necessarily. Uh, it, you know, it has some comic book elements to it, but I thought it was more or less, you know, kind of a crime drama suspense movie. I didn't really feel it was a comic book movie. And that's not to degrade anybody who put it on their list, because obviously a lot of people really love this movie. I thought it was really, really good. But to me, like I said, Batman Begins was more of a comic book movie than this was. Um, I remember this movie mostly because I picked it up for next to nothing when um, Circuit City was going out of business. <laughs> That's how I bought my copy because I was like, oh yeah, now I can finally see this because I can pick this up for like $4 because they're blowing everything out of the store. Um, I mean, I because I didn't have like a real burning desire to see it, but to to quote Andy Leyland, it's all right. I I liked the characterization I mean, was, of the Joker in it. I liked the way Heath Ledger played him. I don't think that it is the definitive Joker to the point where like after Heath Ledger died, people were saying they should never have the character in the movies again because they feel like they got the you know the ultimate portrayal of him. I don't see that. Uh, no. Yeah, I, I didn't agree with that. I still don't. Uh, on the other hand, the Joker we got in the Suicide Squad, I thought sucked. So I haven't seen it. Don't know. You know, I, I saw the movie. I, I thought it was okay, uh, but I really didn't like the Joker in it at all. I liked Aaron Eckhart as Harvey Dent, though. Yeah, I thought he. I thought he was good in it. I thought. But then, on the same flip of a coin, I didn't like Maggie Gyllenhaal as Rachel. Neither. Did I know I. they didn't get the same actress, but I was just like, eh. Yeah. Neither did I. I didn't think she had the same appeal to her that uh, I, I'm drawing a blank what the other actress's name is. Uh, yeah, Tom Cruise's one yeah. of Tom Cruise's ex-wives. Kate, Kate something. Is it? Yeah. Uh, wow. We're just blanking. Uh, the Scarecrow. Sil- um, how do you say his name? Cillian Murphy. I like 
he was kind of interesting. But well, his part was, was very, very, very small in this one. Yeah, because he was actually in the first one. That's right. He, he had a bigger part in the first one. And he had a bigger part, or slightly bigger part in the third one. Right. But, uh, you know, I, I thought it was good. I, like I said, I, I did enjoy some of their takes on the Joker. The whole, uh, you know, some people uh, set the, t- the city on fire just because they want to watch it burn. Uh, you know, I, I like that. Some, just some of the things he did. Uh, you know, when Batman slams his face to the desk, you see, now that you shouldn't start off with that. <laughs> you know, there was there were moments that I thought were just, you know, where he was really cool. Yeah, yeah, there was, like, his little schemes he had was, uh, you know, he was always one step ahead with the schemes. With the, you know, like, they had the guy in the... the spoilers. I'll pause now. They had the guy that had the... What, it... Didn't he have a bomb inside him in the, uh, when he was in the, um, in the guy that was in the lockup, one yeah, of his he, men or something. He was complaining that his stomach hurt and it turned out he had some sort of like, explosive like, device inside of him. Yeah, it wasn't, but it wasn't like poison gas or something. Or maybe I'm getting my movies confused. And of course, Morgan Freeman is Lucius Fox. And Michael Caine. Well, Holmes was the name you were trying to think of before. Katie Holmes. That's oh, that's it. Yeah. I wasn't trying that hard. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's my take on this. This was not in my top ten, but I do like it a lot. And, I, and I'm yeah. not surprised that it did make its way into the top ten, which it's at number ten. Was not in my top ten either. And However, the next movie... The next movie on the list. See, you, I had one one thing I wanted to say about this movie, and you spoiled it because you, you're like, what? "What? Scott doesn't like this movie." I, all I wanted to say was, I, I had a I had a gag I'd been waiting to do since we started doing this. I can't now. You spoiled it. Well, I was, was just gonna say. You were going to announce the movie, and I was going to go, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this before, but um, I don't care for this movie. And, oh, well, it doesn't work now, but... Wah, wah, wah. Yeah. So now... Have I ever mentioned that? No, I I was just taking it on faith. I'm shocked at this revelation. (laughs) At number nine on our list is the 1989 Batman. And I feel like I've gone through basically a 360 on this one. Uh, when this is my number two. Is it really? Yes. Okay, well, I'll let you have the stage in just a moment. I'm going to just give a, a real quick perspective on it in that when it first came out, I thought it was great. I loved it. I saw it several times. And then as part of the Tim Burton b- backlash, as I started to not like Tim Burton so much, this movie became a little bit... I went from liking it more than I should have to disliking it more than I should have. And I was probably overly critical on it and now I'm kind of at the point like I said where I'm doing more of a 360 where I like it again uh, which is weird because I thought I would not but having seen it not that long ago I was entertained by it not that I think it's a great movie honestly I don't there's, there's a little too much Tim Burton in, uh, in there but it's more entertaining than I was giving it credit for say two or three years ago but since it's number two on your list Bill maybe you have some a, a oh, I, I remember when this came out because I was I was I was in the service and I was going to a school out in in um, 
in San Diego, and my roommate, he, I, I got him, he was jazzed for the movie, and I got him, him hooked on Batman comics when Norm Brayfogle was, um, and so I got him all into the comics, and, and I was into the movie, and we both saw, saw the movie. We saw it in, um, like, a 70-millimeter theater, uh, you know, print. It was gorgeous, and I, I, I saw this movie numerous times when it was out. Well, because when you're in the Navy and you don't really have any overhead, you got plenty of money to blow on crap. So, um, but I thought that uh, I thought that that Michael Keaton. I, w- I was surprised by Michael Keaton as Batman, and that, that was like the big thing. Everybody was like, "Ooh, Michael Keaton! Oh, he's known for comedy. You know, we're going to be able to take him seriously." You know, he's. I don't know, but I. I thought he was great. I that he really did the role good. Um, I saw him as. I believed him as Bruce Wayne, not just Mister Mom and the guy that was also in Gung Ho. I like you. You make me wrath. I don't know if you guys ever seen Gung Ho. Maybe not. I think I had to sit through that thing once. Yes. Well, that's where he's working in the. Uh, the best scene in that is at, at at the end when they they they're supposed to make so many cars by the end of the like month, and he he's saying to the guy, "Yeah, I drive this car home," and he gets in the car and then he goes to drive it away and like it falls apart, falls in half, and then he walks up to the 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 new owner of the plant and he's 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 uh, he's Japanese and he's like, "I like you. You make me rough." So there, there's my Asian stereotype for the show. Send all hate mail to Dr. Bill. So, what do you guys have on Batman 89? Like it? Hate it? Love it? Don't care? I continue to this day to be very conflicted about Batman 89. Um, I'm, I've been thankful for, let me see, 1989. How long ago was that now? 28 years ago? God damn. Oh, I was I was into the music too. Both that was a long time ago. Both. Well, the, no, no, no. Uh, both the I, Danny Elfman score and some of the the pop songs that were with it too. Oh, I, I, I always hated all the Prince. Prince stuff. Yeah, oh, I always hated the I Prince stuff that was in there. Stand his music. I'm sorry to anybody who likes him. But I, I thought they meshed it into the movie well. No, I, I thought it felt no. very no. shoehorned in. Yeah, every every time the movie's you know flowing right along, and then all of a sudden, up oh, you got to stop. Have a Prince music video. I'm like, really? So Jeez, yeah, man. but um, I, I like the Danny Elfman score. But no, what I was gonna say is you know, I've been very 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 thankful that in 28 years, footage has not surfaced of me on the evening news in Watertown, New York. I actually got interviewed walking out of Batman. Um, the first night, because I went, you know, to the premiere and everything, um, you know, at the local theater there. I think it was a midnight showing, if I remember right, and uh, was interviewed walking out of it. And, you know, I was all praise about it and everything. But you have to remember that prior to this movie, the only thing that existed for Batman beyond cartoons, and, I, and I'm talking in a in an other medium than comics, was the Batman TV show of the 1960s, which by that point, by 1989, by being a Batman fan with a Batman movie coming up, I was so jazzed, but also taking a ton of shit from everybody and their brother about being a Batman fan. Because I know it's probably impossible for anybody who didn't grow up 
you know, in the era that, that we grew up in to imagine it today. But being a comic book fan when I was a comic book fan growing up as a kid was not an easy thing to do. No. You no, know, you took a lot of shit from other people about it. And I don't think anything would get you more shit than being a fan of Batman prior to 1989. Because Batman was just, uh, he was a goddamn fool as far as the rest of the world was considered because of that stupid TV show. And so then the Burton film comes along, and my biggest hope for the film was just that it wasn't going to be the goddamn TV show. That was the only th really thing that it had to accomplish for me. And it did that. The funny thing is, when they first announced this movie, I thought it was going to be yeah. the TV show. When they said yeah. Michael Keaton, because he was known did. as a comic actor, and mm -hmm. then Jack Nicholson as the Joker, I said, okay, they're putting together like the all-star cast, like in this, you know... In the TV show. Yep. And that's really... I, I, I was a little surprised when I found out it was going to be a serious movie. I put serious in finger quotes if I actually ever did finger quotes. Right. I think everybody did, though. I think everybody expected it to be some sort of updated, possibly, version of Batman 66. And when it comes out and it is what it is... You know, I can understand why that was so shocking to some people, so appealing to some people, and, and how that became then, okay, now that's Batman going forward. And it was really, it didn't take very long, but it, from there, it was, a, it was a series of um, reviews at that point, just, you know, subsequent viewings of the film and everything to where I started to then realize okay, being happy that it's not Adam West Batman isn't enough for me. Is it really the Batman I wanted? And that's where it started to kind of fall apart for me. Now, don't get me wrong. I think the film on its own is a pretty good movie. And I think that they did probably as good as they could have done for the time that it was made. So I, you know, the thing, I haven't seen the movie in, a, in quite a long time, but the last time I did watch it, I thought it wasn't aging very well. I think it really is, a, a, a you know, it feels like 1989. It's, it's very much, it's a product of its time. Um, I think the effects are really starting to look a little threadbare and that sort of thing. But... You know, it, it, like I say, I'm, I, I think conflicted is really just the best way for me to put my feelings with the movie because I think that there's a lot of stuff they got right, but there's, you know, I, I think this movie is just a great, you know, for me personally, and in the, in the way that I wanted to see, you know, Batman presented, I think it's just a great lesson in missed opportunities. It's, you know, it's, it's, um, what is the thing that Maxwell Smart used to say? You know, missed it by, by that, that much. much. And that's how I feel about this movie. And that's how I've pretty much, I'll be honest with you, that's how I've always pretty much felt about the movie. Even from that rate, you know, from that very first viewing is I've always felt like, you know, missed it by that. There's just something they got so damn close, but there's just something that that wasn't quite there. I don't, I've never thought it was Michael Keaton because I like Michael Keaton as Batman. Um, what actually won me over with Michael Keaton for Batman was, um, 
you know, people ranting and raving and having a fit and conniption and everything about comic book casting things. Yeah, I'll let you kids in on a little secret. That goes way back before the internet, okay? Because when they cast Michael Keaton for Batman, everybody, you know, fan community lost their goddamn minds over it. I don't know if you guys remember that or not, but oh, yeah. it, it was crazy. But I remember seeing something somewhere, and you got to remember this was pre-internet days, but something somewhere saying, hey, you know, for all you people that are you know freaking out about Michael Keaton as Batman, go and check out this little movie. And I cannot for the life of me remember, I think it's called Clean and Sober. Yeah. Or maybe just Sober. No, I, clean I forget. And sober. Clean and Sober, yeah. And uh, it was a very serious movie starring Michael Keaton. And he's very intense. He's a bit of an asshole. And uh, I watched that movie and was just floored by his performance. Now, I never disliked Michael Keaton, but I thought the same thing everybody else did. Hey, he's a comedian. What the hell is he going to be playing Batman for? And then I saw that movie and I was like, damn, this guy's got good dramatic chops. So my problem with the movie was never him. It was a lot of the other, you know, I honestly, I think a lot of it was the Hollywood bullshit that they put into it. You know, the, you know, the, the obligatory love story and Kim Basinger and Prince and, you know, just a, a lot of nonsense. The, the, the story is okay but it it has that feeling kind of like uh you know the best comparison i could pull for for batman 89 in in the comparison i'm trying to make would be like superman 4 like when you watch superman 4 there's obviously parts of the movie where they edited something out and they edited it in such a way that now it doesn't flow anymore and you're like what what the hell just happened there's a number of sequences like that in batman 89 where you're watching the movie and going Wait, how that? Wait, what? What happened here? How did he even know to go there? Because he's missing the vital information. He needed to know this thing, and it's because the script got like five billion rewrites, and somewhere in the process, things just you know got taken out, got left in, and it got really screwy. And that's why Harvey Dent is just like, what the hell was up with him in the movie? You know. And so there's little elements like that. And then I, I think the biggest thing that simultaneously helped and hurt the movie was Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson was a great Joker. But the problem is he was a great Joker, you know? And the movie wasn't the Joker movie. It was supposed to be the Batman movie. The Batman is an afterthought in his own goddamn movie. And it's, you know, so there was that in it too. Um, but all that said... You know, there, I did think that there was a lot that worked. The The feel and the look of the world um, was pretty spot on for what I hoped Gotham would look like. Um, you know, I thought the Batmobile, while not quite the Batmobile I wanted, was pretty cool. It was the Batmobile. Um, I thought if you're going to redesign Batman's outfit, which I didn't really want them to, but if you were going to, all black, that works. That was pretty cool. Um you know, for the limited special effects that they had, I would have preferred, you know, Batman swinging about the city, but the grappling hook thing was okay. I don't like that that became then that was the way Batman got around. I kind of miss him throwing a batarang and swinging under his own power kind of thing. But, you know, making him a little more gadgety, I guess, was was okay. And, you know, you can't fault the score. I mean, Danny Elfman's score to that still stands as one of the best scores of the 1980s. So, 
you know, it had a lot of stuff working for it. It's just at the end of the day, there's still something not quite there that that movie really needed to go from pretty damn good to great. And I just don't think they nailed it. I, and I don't know personally what that thing is. There's just one little thing and it, and it's just not quite got it. You know what I mean? That, that ill-defined quality that, that other comic book movies have managed to, to capture, but this one just, didn't quite do it. I, I don't know, but that's that's how I feel about it. Yeah, I, I, Paul, I'm really curious what you think. I'm I'm kind of in your ballpark in in a lot of respects. Like I said earlier, when it first came out, I really liked it, and I think some of that was genuine, and some of that was the reaction to the fact that we hadn't seen a real comic movie since Superman Two, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, so you know, I was kind of starved for something that. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I say this, and I, I say it in the loosest of terms, uh, something that, that took the genre seriously. Because it didn't really take it seriously in the way it was presented, but it tried to make a real movie out of it instead of just a kid's movie. Um, the story is a little thin when you start looking at it, this whole thing with the uh, taking chemicals for uh, cosmetics and, and and making them you know, kill people so that, that they end up off the shelves and whatever, and he has to figure it out. I mean, some of that was bad. Uh, Jack Nicholson was, at the time, I really liked it, but then in hindsight, he was way over the top. I, I think if he had reeled it in just a little bit more, it would have been a more compelling performance, actually. He apparently made, you know, millions and millions on this thing because he had profit, a profit percentage, and this movie was a huge hit. Um, I thought Michael Keaton played the part of Bruce Wayne really well. I think he was one of the best things in it. I, and and I liked, you know, some of the way the Batman was portrayed, where people weren't really even sure if he existed, that, that you know, he was looked at as being some sort of an urban legend. I, I, I liked, you know, the, the way that played on some of the stories that had been written at the time. So there were a lot of things to like about it. I couldn't stand the Prince soundtrack, as I said. And I know some people are big Prince fans, and... And I'm sure they're fine with it, but it felt very forced to me. Um, some, Like I said, eventually I got tired of the Tim Burton style, which I wasn't when this first came out, but then this movie in rewatches fell victim to the fact that I got tired of that style. So, you know, that hurt it some. And, and now I'm back more to middle of the road. Like I said, I first really liked it, and then I started to to seriously dislike it and now I look at it and say you know it's an entertaining movie and and, and I could sit and watch it and that's fine so that's kind of where I fall on it and I think that's time to move on to our next movie which is at number 8 with 104 points 16 people voting for it and 2 number 1 votes is wow. Captain America Civil War now I wonder to some extent, if number one votes for this movie are a byproduct of recency. Yeah. See, I was afraid to even put it on my list for that very reason, because at the time we made these lists, I'm pretty sure I'd only seen the film one time. I don't think it had come out on uh, on Blu-ray or DVD yet. Well, you had we seen it when we did our, our commentary, so I know you sort of... That's right, yeah. So I had, okay, so I had seen it twice. 
So I was nervous to even put it on my list, which remember, folks, our lists are top 10. So I was afraid to even put it on my top 10. So, yeah, somebody put it in as their number one. Now, I'm not trying to detract from that, but I, I agree with you. I would be afraid to to definitely place it at number one just because I, I would wonder, is it just new car smell or, you know, it does it really deserve to be there? I placed it personally at number six and having now rewatched it, oh, I don't know, maybe a dozen times, uh, I think, yeah, yeah, it definitely deserves to be somewhere on my list. Yes. And I'm in agreement with you there. It actually came in number three on my list. Wow. Um, I really thought this was just, when you when you break it down to its bare bones, it was just a fun romp that I wanted to see. This was the giant superhero mashup, and it was done really well. There was humor in it. There was excitement in it. There was at least the framework of a real story behind it, even though there were a couple of points where it got a little far-fetched. Uh, this movie was everything that I would have wanted Batman v Superman to be and wasn't. So I, I think to some extent it's almost higher on my list because of my disappointment with Batman v Superman. Uh, because, then I, you know, cause again, <laughs> this, this did it, as far as I was concerned, the right way. There were so many individual moments in this thing that would just, you know, like sit up in your seat and, and you know, really take notice of. Uh, I think my favorite thing is the giant man scene. But yes, there there are so many things in there. I mean, I can come up with little flaws. I've talked about how I thought that Spider-Man was kind of forced into the plot a little bit more than than I thought he should be. Uh, I didn't think this. I didn't think it came off as organic the way he showed up in the story but realistically that's a nitpick it, it ranks number three on my list because all I have to criticize is nitpicks I thought all around this was just really really good solid entertainment uh, and it was a movie that I think you know I, I gotta say I waited all my life to see a movie like this yep yeah I didn't it didn't make my list and I think that's because I was going with the newness factor and I, and I kept it off because of that because I I hadn't seen this only the two times, once in the theater and then at your house. So, but but yeah, I mean, it's still, it's still a good movie. And maybe now, after having having seen it again, I might you know redo the list and move it, actually put it on the list. Well, to be fair, I think almost everybody that submitted a list made some kind of comment about this is my list today. If I had to redo it tomorrow, it might be different. <laughs> so you know, it, it's a very fluid thing when you're making a list like this mm-hmm. and yeah. since since we've made the lists Doctor Strange has come out and mm-hmm. mm. not too far in the future we're going to have Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and we're going to have Wonder Woman and we're going to have uh, what Logan Spider-Man Homecoming and Logan and who knows how many of these would have made people's lists right maybe none of them will I don't know but I gotta think that some of them would I think Doctor Strange certainly would have made it onto lists. Had well, it been I think, I think that uh, you know, on that subject, I think this is something that we could definitely come back to in the future. I'd be very interested to you know say, you know, a couple of years from now, once uh, you know Avengers: Infinity War is is in the rearview mirror, it might be interesting to go back and, and take a look again. You know, because as I said, I was very nervous putting this particular one on there because, you know, as I said, new car smell, but also, 
you know, I, I the one thing I didn't want my list to become was, you know, my my top 10 Marvel Universe movies, you know, so I didn't want to stack the deck with just those. So I kept looking at my list going, do I have too many MCU movies? Should I really put Civil War on there or should I pick my favorite Captain America movie? Um, so I was I was nervous doing that. But subsequent rewatches of this movie um, have solidified my opinion that, no, it truly does deserve to be on my top 10 list. It is, it is a damn good film. And I think you summed it up best, Paul, by saying, you know, there's imagery in this movie that I've waited my entire comic book collecting and, and reading life to see. Um, Giant Man, believable, on the big screen, was a holy shit moment. I think Spider-Man perfectly summed that scene up when he goes, holy shit! Because that's how I and so many of my fellow fanboys felt seeing that happen in the theater was, oh my God, they're going there. You know, which is how I felt by, you know, so many uh, Ant-Man moments in his Ant-Man movie. But I felt that way for a long time now with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So this movie to me, story of Civil War aside, because I will admit that this may be one of the looser stories of the Marvel Cinematic Universe because subsequent rewatches, I've noticed the story's a little threadbare and a lot of, uh, I almost said Nemo, Zemo's plan (laughs) relies on... That just changes the whole movie. Yeah, yeah, sure it does. Um, A lot of Zemo's plan relies on, gee, I hope this plays out this way because if it doesn't, plan completely falls apart and it just happens to play out the way he hopes it does you have to kind of ignore shit like that with this particular movie and and really treat it like what it really is which is this is marvel just strutting you know this is marvel going we have gone from iron man to this in what six seven years we have gone from one superhero that we kind of hoped would make some money to look at the universe that we've built Let's get all of our toys out of the toy box, dump them out on the floor, and have a big old fight with them. And that's what this movie really is. And goddamned if it doesn't work. And it should not work. It This should not work. And it totally works. And it's just so much fun. And, and yeah, uh, that's why I love it. That's why it's on my list. Because I just have a, a blast watching it. You guys watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. right now? I, I was, and I lapsed, and I didn't intentionally stop watching. But I don't know if I'm—I don't know if I'm going to pick it back up. Is it worth picking back up? Well, that depends. Well, uh, I'm not going to spoil it, but recent things that happened in Civil War have played into, are playing heavily into the, um, into the show, and certain characters' backstories, certain characters that were introduced. This season, their backstory has been explained, especially in the last two ep- episodes. Um, and some of it is directly from some things that happened at Vienna with the... Was it Vienna? Where they had the bombing. Where they um, make the sausages. Yes. Yeah, that too. Yeah. So, I mean, I, it's... I, I, I need to get back into it. I've, re- I've watched everything else related to the MCU, you know, so I might as well get caught back up, but... It, my my interest was starting to wane, unfortunately. But uh, well, the first half I, of the, I, I need to of get the back season into was it. was with uh, Ghost Rider, which Paul, you saw some of those, didn't you? Yeah, I believe you said ba- you they were bad. Oh yeah, no, I'm thinking Ghost Rider movies. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, <laughs> Ghost no, Rider no. and Shield. Yeah, yeah no, those, no, those, those were okay. 
I still didn't yeah, think and, it was quite what I wanted. And they kind of tied into the back into the Peggy Carter series. Yeah. So. And I'm disappointed uh, that they canceled Agent Carter. Mm, yeah. I thought that was better than Agents of Shield, but. You know, I, I mean, if the thing that she's doing now tanks, I, I suspect she'll be back though. Well, I think they cut the order, and I think it is going to tank. Ah. So, I, I, you know, just looking at my list, uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I've said all along, I feel like they, they hit it out of the park every time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and on my, of my ten movies, six of them are Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. And yeah, I, I make no apologies six. for that. And all three of the Captain America movies are in my top ten. Wow. I just thought they were all they were all home runs. I'm sorry, they just they're all great. I, I said I'm sorry, but I make no apologies. Right. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so move, moving down the list to the next one on our list, which is also on my list at number seven, Iron Man, 130 points, 24 people voted for it, two number one votes. Now this this was the uh, the first Marvel Cinematic Universe movie, and I really thought this is where they showed us we can do it. We can make these movies. We can make them, you know, take them serious but still have humor in them. Uh, put together special effects that are gonna you're gonna feel work without without betraying the comic book feel by saying you know we well we can't have Iron Man in an iron armor because no one will believe it. You know there was nothing no stupidity like that that went on. <laughs> uh, in fact, the, the original armor that he creates, you know, to... to in a cave with scraps! Oh, but it, it, <laughs> it looks that. like the armor from Tales of Suspense, what was it, 49? That was the moment that, I mean, I was, don't get me wrong, I was digging the movie up to that point, but that was the moment when he walks out wearing his original clunky-ass armor from the comics. That was the moment I was like, I officially love this friggin' movie. And now this movie, and I know you're not you're not a fan of the ACDC style music that was in there, but <laughs> I thought this one blended a regular movie score with some pop music in a more just a, a, a more seamless fashion, where it seemed to just kind of blend and make sense. When they had in the uh, you know the ACDC, uh, what they have in it uh, was it Back in Black. You're asking me? Well, what, what, whichever one, what, whatever was in there, uh, I, I, I just thought it was no, really, wait. really well. No, done. it wasn't AC, wasn't it? Did it they? Is a, it is ACDC. Yeah. Oh, was it at at the end they used the Black Sabbath Iron Man? When he says oh, that? I am Iron Man, and they go. Oh. Yeah, but there was also was ACDC in there also. Right. When when he was in the Humvee. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I, and I thought all that music blended much more seamlessly into the movie than, than like I said, you know, we talked about the Prince music earlier in the Batman movie where I felt that was a little bit more forced. Right. So. I, I, and it wasn't you know, Bat-Dance. What was wrong with Bat-Dance? <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. I thought was a home run. You know, I mean, he, he just, he took the part and he ran with it. And I, I had my doubts as to his ability to handle Tony Stark as well. But boy, he, has he ever made that character his own. He, he owns that to the point where people are saying, when he's too old to play the part, you know, they, they can't see anybody else doing it. Rudy! Uh, my own oh, personal oh, take on it is, you, you retire the character for 
you know, a couple of years and then you recast it. Nah, they just de-age him. They go with Teen Teen Tony. Teen Tony, like in Time Slip. Oh, God, I can't (laughs) believe those words came out of my mouth. (laughs) God, that was hard. But I, I, you know, this was on my list. I think this was a great movie. It was a great place to start off the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It was a huge hit. Uh, And this one, you know, I even have less areas where I can nitpick on it. There's very, very little that I think didn't work in this movie. And even down to, you know, when they finally cut to, you know, they have that, the clip of showing, like, Tony Stark's life at the very beginning, and then they cut to the to him in the in the casino, and and they're playing the, uh, you know, having an orchestrated version oh. of the, the song from <laughs> the 68 cartoon. Right. Just, well, wasn't that his phone ringer? Somebody had phone pointed out to me that, uh, that um, Rhodey's ringtone was the, was it 90s cartoon? It was the theme to the 90s cartoon, which I don't know off the top of my head, but I, I, somebody had pointed that out to me at some point. But yeah, in the casino, when you first cut to Tony playing uh, in the casino, the big like band craps, tune that's, uh, that's playing is the classic, uh, you know, Tony, Tony Stark, Stark makes you feel, makes you feel a cool exec with a heart of steel. And Iron Man all juts up. What is it? Jets ablaze? Yes. He's fighting fight, and fighting fight, fight with, with repulsor, repulsor rays. rays. <laughs> Blazing armor. That's Iron That's Man. That's Iron Man. <laughs> Can we sing the Hercules one now? There's a Hercules one. one. Yeah, there was one. Did you or guys Hercules? listen to, to Radio Free Asgard? When, when uh-huh. Tom Harris covers the... Uh, well, now I'll have to find it. Right I know right. the Thor theme. I don't know the Hercules yeah, theme. Yeah, Thor. See, yeah, well, one of the lines is he's got uh, the iron in his thighs. <laughs> I'll find it. You guys keep... Uh, I'll look it up real quick. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, again... It's, where where did this rank on your list? This was... Where's... I lost my list. Hold on. I'll tell you in one second. Unfortunately, it was not on my list. It was number six on my list. Okay. It's again. It's hard for me to come up with too many superlatives. To come up, we come up with enough superlatives for this one. I just think every aspect of it was well done. This is one of those movies I watch, and again, I, I come up with very, very little in the way of flaw. Uh, it's it's one of those movies where I feel it's almost perfect the way it's done. I think Jeff Bridges was great. I mean, his his character's a little two dimensional, but I think he made it work. Just that, that breezy way that he delivers his lines it's just you know he's charismatic and hateful at the same time right which which is hard that's difficult to do for a, for a, you know a cart a, a, a you know cart, a comic book movie villain I think I think that's no small feat to be to be that likable and despicable at the same time <laughs> and to some extent, uh, you know, a little scary. There's the scene with Pepper when she's trying to get the information off his computer and she's concerned that he's going to figure it out. You know, th- there's there's some real suspense there. Yeah. So, overall, just, you know, I, I only have two thumbs to give a thumbs up with, but they're both up. Did you find Hercules' song? I'm, I'm working on it. Hold I'm on. I'm going to say it doesn't exist. 
Oh, it was not a Marvel. It was a different Hercules. Uh-huh. Uh, but, but this one is just a, this. This is the song. I will. I will send it in the chat right now. And I will post it. it I, I will put it at the end of the uh, episode after the credits. So give a listen now. Hercules, hero of song and story. Hercules, winner of ancient glory. Fighting for the right, fighting with his might, with the strength of ten ordinary men. Hercules, people are safe when near him. Hercules, only the evil fear him. Softness in his eyes, iron in his thighs, virtue in his heart, fire in every part of the mighty. It's enough to make me not want to watch it. <laughs> yeah, the song was funny. <laughs> it's it's amusing. Iron in his thighs. Fire in his eyes. Hercules. All um, I can think of is uh, lead in his ass. Oh, <laughs> thinking of uh, you know when we the nutty professor. Hercules. 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 When I started this, we started this episode. I had no doubt we'd get through twelve movies. And now, I'm so. sorry. It was my crappy game show. <laughs> yeah, it was your crappy game show. Uh, no, I'm. Uh, yeah. So, we're going to finish. We we did half of what we had left, and we're going to have to finish off the next half next time on an all new. Back to the <laughs> And I'll, and actually, I'll, let me see, I still have my top five. Three of them are DC movies, and two of them are Marvel movies, my top five. Of of the six that are left, five of them were on the, my list. Yeah, let me see, of the six that are left, I have, let me pull up my two lists to compare. One, two, three, four. Four of the six on the left. Cool. Two of them are on my list. However, I'm going to argue that one and five are essentially they're the same movie in 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 my thinking. Yeah, so I, I, we'll, I don't, we'll I don't argue with your thinking. And, and five is that's the only interesting because I was the only one that's list. not in my top ten. Which for the longest time it was my number one, and it's dropped out of my top ten now. Is your, your number is number five the continuation kind of of the number yeah. of your number yeah. one? I think yeah. you and I have the same thing in one, one and five. Yeah, but I, I'm talking the the official list. Everybody who's one and five who's really confused oh, okay. by this, you'll have to listen in when we finish the top ten or the, the, the final six. About? Well, because my personal list mirrors one and five are in the same spot, and then number four is in the same spot. Just anybody who's listening and is thinking, you guys are wusses. Why can't you just finish it? Blame Bill. What? Did you put in the chat room that you have to go to bed soon? I said, I, well, I got to go to work. I'm going I'm to read what you wrote. Wow. We are going to end it here, leaving six more to go. We're at two hours so far. I don't think you were wishy-washy there. I think you were pretty definitive. 
That was a question, although I didn't put a period in. I didn't you put didn't a question, put a question mark. mark anywhere. We. I meant. I meant to say we going to end here, leaving six more to go. If you had put a question mark, then that may have been how it came across. But yeah, I can see where I actually. Oh wait. Well, whoa. Okay. Yeah, we're gonna read that too. Yeah. Okay. Scott just uh-huh. said that there's Bill a, was a, there's a question mark. <laughs> but there's a question mark. <laughs> Okay, so it's ambiguous. I got you. Mm-hmm. Scott, Scott, hey, Bill is ambiguous, the ambiguous. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna send him a hat. <laughs> See, you should you should have marched in that thing last week. <laughs> All right, yeah, it is 11:30, so I think it is a good time to wrap it up for now. Oh, but you guys are going to go do another show now. I don't know. We might. No, okay. I, don't, I don't know. Are we? I don't know. <laughs> I'm tired. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Bill's the but I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired. I'm going to go to bed. Thank God Bill said it first. <laughs> I wasn't going to end this show until you guys said to. I was going to fight through it, not be a It's like the end of the good, the bad, and the ugly. Who's, who's going to wimp out first? Mexican you know, standoff? We're all looking at each other, going, "All right, who who who's going to puss out?" Now nah, we have gone, we have gone, we are we are far removed from the good and mad, the ugly. We are we are the old man fight from up at this point. Is that's that's what's going on? Because oh, I was thinking we were the ugly, the ugly, and the ugly. <laughs> Fat, fatter, fattest. <laughs> the quick and the dead. Thank you so much for listening to our show, and we hope you'll continue to join us each and every week for more good old-fashioned comic book back-issue awesomeness. You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at backtothebins at gmail.com or by joining the Back to the Bins group on Facebook. Back to the Bins is a proud affiliate of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is a registered trademark of DiManzo Corps of Milan, Italy. All rights reserved. Each and every month, the Two True Freaks Network produces dozens of new and exciting episodes which regularly reach tens of thousands of loyal listeners worldwide. Sponsorship and or advertising opportunities are available. Inquiries may be made via email to two true freaks at gmail.com. Please take a moment to stop by the two true freaks.com site and check out their many other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks, and we'll see you next week. Hercules, the strongest man in the world, son of Zeus, god of Mount Olympus, he wrestled giants and won. A hero to all soldiers, a man who knew no fear. A hero to everyone. Hercules, fabled in song and story. Hercules, winner of ancient glory. Fighting for the right. Fighting with his might. With the strength of ten. Ordinary men, Hercules, people are safe when near him, Hercules, only the evil fear him, softness in his eyes, iron in his thighs, virtue in his heart, fire in every part of the mighty, Hercules.
heaven's thunder. Freest of the free, ranger of the sea, ruler of the air, fighting everywhere. Hercules, honor and right shall lead him. Hercules, brother to all who need him. Brave and swift and smart, fire in his heart, strong and swift his eye. Raise the battle cry for 